Local Listens. Hello and welcome to Local Listens, the podcast where we deep dive into the music scenes of different cities throughout the UK. I'm your host, Kate Morton, and welcome to today's episode. Today is the second in our mini-series about the city of Hull. In today's episode, we're going to be having a look into the venues and festivals of Hull. There are so many exciting different places in the city that I never really talked about. So in this episode, hopefully, we're going to introduce you to some new places you might not know about, but you will by the end of this episode. We're going to be chatting to some fantastic people today, including people that have run and owned venues in Hull for over 30 years. And of course, hearing from you guys with some fantastic tunes sliced in there along the way. To kick off the show, here's a tune from one of my personal favourite bands from Hull. This is Violetta's with Jocelyn.
buy letters with Josmin. Now, first of on today's episode, we're going to be chatting to someone who runs multiple venues in Hull and is right at the heart of the musical community. So, my name's Matt Page, and uh, I run a festival called Hubber Street Sesh in the city of Hull. I'm also a venue operator. I've got a new venue called Social, which was uh, formerly known as Fruits on Humber Street itself. And uh, yeah, I, I, I'm an event organiser and uh, run many events as, alongside the festival and the venue. So, yeah, that's me. Can you tell me a little bit about how the sesh and street sesh all got started in the beginning? The sesh started off as a, a weekly live music night in a community pub, really, on uh, Prince's Ave in Hull. And uh, we started off with uh, probably a database of about 20 original bands and uh, we sort of put them on a weekly basis, three bands every week. It was free entry. And uh, we sort of built up a little community around this particular night. And uh, sort of after six months of running with like these 20 bands, pretty much playing every other week or every other month, we started building up a, a much larger database. And before long, we had over a thousand apps to sort of pick and choose from, all original, all emerging from around the region. And also over the years, we've sort of made contacts with the emerging music scene across the North, east and northwest really as well as you know down in london etc but uh, over the years we've just provided platforms for uh, emerging bands it's a free entry night and uh, we did this for 10 years well we've been doing it for 18 years in total but after 10 years uh, i wanted to do something to celebrate the 10th birthday and uh, because I've, I've been involved with freedom festival where we had a, an emerging music stage one year and uh, they didn't invite us back so the following year decided because it was our 10th birthday I, I thought let's have a go ourselves let's see if we can hold a little street a music street festival down Humber I spoke to a few of the operators that had venues down here and uh, everyone decided it'd be a great idea and uh, I put it up use the power of social media through Facebook and uh, put out a crowdfunder. We raised about £18,000 and in the space of eight weeks, we staged this festival, which had around about 60 bands and acts performing. Uh, we had like a silent disco, we had markets, we had you know art exhibitions, photo exhibitions, and it was just down one street and we expected maybe a thousand people would come to it. And it was a free festival to begin with. And uh, we were pleasantly surprised when 10,000 people turned up to it. And that was in 2012. And that was celebrating our 10th anniversary of this weekly live music night. And uh, following the success of that, we decided to try and replicate it in two, uh, 2013. And we knew that the street couldn't really take 10,000 people. So we opened it up a little bit towards the marina side. Lo and behold, 40,000 people turned up. And then we realized we were onto something. We didn't really have much infrastructure in place. We didn't have a, well, to be honest, we had a few doormen from one of the nightclubs. We had no event management guide. We had no risk assessments. Uh, we had no insurance. We had probably 20 toilets for like 40,000 people. That second year was a massive learning curve. And we knew for the third year, because the cost had just risen. We'd gone from like putting on a festival for 18,000 pounds and by the year it cost 120,000. So we had to find ways of raising money. Uh, so we looked at putting a small ticket price on in 2014. We started asking uh, around local businesses and getting some support from our sort of public sponsorship. We approached various funding channels such as the Arts Council, National Lottery and that. And, uh, by hook no crook, we managed to pull off a a third festival in 2014 with a small charge and uh, we limited it to 32,000 
we I brought in a partner who uh, came on board and helps us with the event management, risk assessment, security, toilets, etc. Each year we've tried to add on it and try to increase the space. And with the previous two festivals before the pandemic, we'd spread over to the east of the marina, uh, the west of the marina, as well as the side. And we capped it at 32,000. We uh, introduced a new night, a Friday night, as well as a Saturday. And we started engaging with industry a bit more with some of the bigger bands as sort of aspirational, as an aspirational lineup for like the emerging bands that we were sort of working with. And uh, yeah, it's, it's just, it, you know, it is what it is now, but unfortunately, COVID's come and hit us hard. So obviously 2020 wasn't a great year for anyone, especially the music scene because of COVID and the lockdowns. How has that affected you and the festival and the weekly session nights? I mean, it, it devastated us. There's no getting away from it. It devastated the industry. It devastated us personally. The festival, obviously, we lost that uh, because of COVID, like pretty much everyone. And uh, we're currently trying to come back in some fashion for this year. Now, we usually go with the first week of August. We are putting it back to the 18th of September for 2021, but we haven't announced it publicly yet because we're still waiting to see what the ease of lockdown is. We're still trying to raise the capital to uh, actually pay the deposits. And, and the biggest effect of COVID amongst the event industry is insurance. We, you know, unless the government, unless the government step up and help us, we can't get any cancellation insurance. And that's a, it's a, it's a big risk for event organizers to put on a festival that could quite easily cost half a million pounds, you know. Uh, we also lost the weekly night, the sesh, for one of years, because the venue that we we had it in was the Polar Bear on Springbank. And uh, unfortunately, the company behind that went into administration because we were just external promoters at the time. And uh, yeah, sesh hasn't got a home at the moment. And even though I could bring it down to social, my own venue, I'd rather leave it in HU5 because it's been HU5 for 18 years and anyone that knows anything about Hull, the west side of the city is quite a cultural, creative, has a cultural and creative energy and a big community that sort of supports the arts. So ideally, I'd like to keep the sesh in HU5, hoping that Polar Bear does come back or potentially we have to look for another venue. So pandemic-wise, it, it, it crushed us and... Uh, we also did a cruise. We did a cruise to Amsterdam every year, about 30 odd acts uh, to perform on the ferry, on the way to Amsterdam and on the way back across three floors as well. So the whole boat was just full of entertainment and it was all Hull. It was called Made in Hull, the cruise. And it was all about Hull bands, Hull artists. And uh, we took a thousand people over, a thousand people bought tickets to go. And uh, we did that for four years. And unfortunately, P&O have been struggling through the pandemic and uh, yeah we've lost the contract for that as well so lost the venue the cruise the festival so social come about because uh, one of my partners in the festival was the actual operator of fruits uh, he gave up that lease uh, probably about five years ago and the developers, Whiteland, that have done a lot of great work in, around the marina, um, they've been sort of 
renovating all the old fruit warehouses. For anyone that doesn't know anything about Hull, uh, Humber Street was where all the old fruit warehouses were, where all the boats would come into the harbour or into the marina and uh, offload their bananas and oranges and apples and whatever. And this area was known as the fruit market area, and it still is to this day. But all these abandoned warehouses have all now been regenerated. I wouldn't say gentrified, a little bit of gentrification has gone on, definitely. But um, yeah, so now we've got lots of independent businesses down the street and this venue was still up for grabs and the developers were talking to various operators about possibly taking it on. And because of our relationship with, with the developers, because of the festival, they give us first dibs on it. And uh, we sort of had a look at it and thought, yeah, they've, they've changed the layout completely now. So it's not the same as fruit. And uh, it's a 300 cap multi-purpose arts venue that's gonna put on a you know an array of entertainment. And uh, yeah, we opened in August and we managed to open for like three months during that period, but obviously went back into lockdown and uh, we never managed to stage a proper gig yet. So we're really excited for that to happen and we've got some really good stuff happening sort of from, uh, I think from July onwards, we've got the likes of the Blinders coming to play, Mystery Jets, the Kays, the Lathams. Uh, we've got Huey Morgan from Fun Loving Criminals doing a DJ set. Uh, we've got people like Lee Scratch Perry coming, uh, Emma Jean Thackeray, uh, Stereo MCs. So we've got, got some really good acts, you know, coming to the venue and hopefully when we're ready, we can uh, show it off to the world. Yeah, it was, it was a great community down here. It's sort of, it was the heartbeat of Humber Street. And, and that's still the same now with social. We still we still want to take that mantle on as being like the heartbeat of the street with everything else around us. I mean, there's a lot more bars and venues and whatever around us now, but we're still the heartbeat. We'll be back chatting to Mac in just a minute, but first, here's a song from one of Hull's best bands. This is Life with that absolute classic popular music. Feel it out, 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 feel it out
music. We're back here with Matt Cage, who runs Humber Street Sesh, The Sesh and The Social in Hull. So, what are the plans for all the venues in 2021? The plans really, you know, is to, is to make this comeback later this year and, and bring Humber Street Sesh back to the city of Hull. But, you know, we are under... We are under certain restrictions, not just because of COVID. I mean, we want to see how that pans out with the uh, with the easing of lockdown. You know, is it really going to happen? May the twenty first, we can have we can invite people indoors into our venues, but it's still six to a table from two households. But then in June, there is you know, Boris has come out and said that everything should be able to open up again. So on one hand, we're planning for that to happen, but on the other hand, we're being quite cautious and not announcing publicly just yet because we're not 100% customer confidence is, is there for large-scale events. But hopefully, we will announce some early June, we will announce that we will be making a comeback. And uh, because of there's a lot of development happening, I don't know when you were last in Hull, but there's been a lot of major development in Hull, especially with the A63 the main road that goes through halls to the ferry ports. Uh, we've just had a bridge built. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. So now we've got a bridge that sort of bridges the city centre to the marina. So that, you know, that's great for us. But at the same time, the A63 works that has have been happening. There's a big archaeological dig that's happening at the moment. And uh, they're using the west side of the marina as a boneyard for all their plant hire. And uh, so unfortunately, we've lost the west side for this year's festival. So we can only use the east side. And the thing with the east side, as you're probably aware, with all the regeneration on Humber Street itself, of all the businesses, and also there's 250 new houses that have just been built on the back of Humber Street. We're now looking at trying to do it a little bit different where we might, we probably will, we're gonna leave Humber Street free as a fringe area. And the festival itself will take take place behind our venue at Social, uh, going, down to, going down to uh, the piers on Nelson Street by Minerva. And so we'll use parts of the marina, the main stage on the part of the marina. We're also going to make an incursion into the city centre and we're going to use Jeopardy's Yard as well. Um, plus, plus we've got the amphitheatre as well, C4D's amphitheatre. So we've got space, but not on the same scale as what we've done in the past. So we've got to rein it back in a little bit, but we've got the narrative because of COVID. You know, we could say that we're trying to, you know, we are, we're, we're obviously first and foremost, we're worried about people's health and safety. Uh, and then secondly, it's a case of, you know, what space can we work with? We're going to have to reduce the numbers a little bit this year from 30,000, we're going to reduce it down to 20,000. And we'll go back to our roots a little bit more and really focus on like local creativity rather than sort of, bringing in the bigger names like we were starting to do with the Hunter in 2015. So, yeah, it's, it's back to basics, really. We're starting again, and I think that's the case for many festivals and events, you know, following this pandemic. Uh, and just, fi just finally, with regards to what we do up in Hull with SESH events, uh, with the venue and with the festival and the gigs, uh, we obviously have a huge presence on social media as well, so people can find the SESH, uh, the SESH Hull in... Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and same with Humber Street Sesh and same with the venue social. So if you want to get in contact and uh, find out more about what we do in this, in this great city of all, get in touch with us online. Thank you so much for chatting to us today here on the podcast. We'll be back in just a minute where we're going to be talking to Paul about the new Adelphi Club, which is a converted three bedroom house on DeGray Street in Hull and probably the most iconic music venue in the city. But for now, this is Bedroom with Gush. 
Local Listens. Hi, Paul. Welcome to Local Listens. So if you can just introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about the Adelphi. Sure. My name is Paul Sarrell. I'm the general manager of the whole new Adelphi club. The club has been open since 1984. uh, And we, over those years, we've seen everybody come through like Stone Roses, Oasis, House Martins, Primal Scream. You know, the list can just go on and on and on and on, really. It's, it's pretty much a who's who of anybody that's made it in the rock and roll business. Uh, and we're still, you know, opening our doors to new bands. And the, the best thing about the Delphi is one week on a Monday night, you can have somebody playing their first ever gig at the Musicians Night. And then a couple of days later, you might get somebody like Fat Boy Slim playing. So, and, and that has happened on, on, on the week of our 35th anniversary. So, you know, that's, that's the scope of what we're working at, really. It's uh, it's pretty, pretty unique. Uh, can you tell me a little bit more about the history of the venue? Yeah, it, it, it was actually, it got its first alcohol licence in 1923 as uh, working the man's club mm. called the Victory Club. Years and years later, it went through several transitions of working men's clubs and that sort of thing. Uh, until 1984, when Paul Jackson, who's still the owner of the, the, the building, uh, he quit his job at Fenner's, which is a factory in Hull, and opened the club as the Adelphi Club uh, on October the 1st, 1984. And uh, he's still around, he's, he's still on the board of directors, and he's uh, you know still fiercely independent and you know rocking the free world. And um, you know, without Paul and his enthusiasm and, and his his unique take on everything. Uh, the club would have probably been closed down after a couple of years because it's, uh, it's it's not an easy business to be in. Uh, so, so yeah, this this year we're coming up to uh, what we're on 37 years, and uh, it's just unbelievable, really. There's not many venues left like it in in the country. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're we're fortunate, but we're also working really hard to make sure we. Uh, and, and there's been people over the years, just brilliant people involved, and the list is too long to mention everyone, but, you know, it's, it's always down to the spirit and the community and, and the, the bands, gig-goers, and there's a real brilliant community in Hull of gig-goers and, and people who want to do music. We're, we're feeling lucky, if, if that's the right way of putting it. How would you describe the music scene and the sound within Hull? Yeah, I think a lot of Hull bands see themselves as underdogs. Uh, I think a lot of them work within their own sort of genres and niches. Uh, so with regards to, in inverted commas, a scene, there's, there's lots of different sort of genres going on and, and everyone kind of respects that. Um, it's not like a Manchester or Liverpool where everyone's trying to be trendy or, you know, famous. People are just going, tell you what, we're a, a goth metal electronic genre bending disco band and that's what we are and you know that's what we're going to do so everyone's really into music you know a lot of the bands a lot of the people the gig goers really love music and they like something that's pretty unique and uh, I think Philip Larkin said it about you know Hull being at the end of the line and it's, it's pretty unique because you, you don't go through Hull you've got to go there for a reason and uh, that, that gives us you know a bit of a spirit of DIY and um, you know because if, if we don't do it ourselves 
here in Hull and, and nobody's going to come along and give us a, a helping hand. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what makes the Adelphi in particular special to the community of Hull? Because it is, it is so special to the people of Hull. And what do you think kind of makes it that way? Uh, I always say it's the, the fact that whether you're a, you know, a 14 year old going into the Delphi for the first time with your eyes wide open and you know listen to really loud music it's quite exciting uh, and then at the other end of the spectrum you might be you know 65 70 75 years old and, and there's something there for you you know you can go see a folk night you can go see electronic night uh, pop rock metal rap grime whatever you want there's, there's something for everybody but what I would say the most important thing is is it's friendly and it, it doesn't it's it's not threatening that the, the environment is unthreatening it's not cool it's not trendy it's not swish it's not even trying to be it's it's shabby and that's how we like it uh, and i think i think the best story i can tell people is usually the one where you can leave your jacket hung up go back five years and it's probably still there it's, it's hung up and nobody's rifled through the pockets nobody's nicked your jacket and you go ah that's where it is left me jacket at the Delphi obviously so that's that's you know that's pretty much sums it up for me it's it's pretty friendly and everyone's welcome have you got any kind of acts or nights that at the Adelphi for you were the most special the most memorable oh wow good question yeah I first went in about 91 92 and what stood out that night was uh, the band I'd, be, I'd heard about weren't playing but for about two years I thought I'd seen a band called Buddha there were a whole band who were doing quite well but I'd, they'd cancelled and it turns out I'd seen a band called The New Persuaders who were pretty good I quite liked them uh, and then another night quite early on the band just kept getting electrocuted from the microphone which you know back back in 1993 there was, there was a lot of sort of symptoms that needed um, correcting and, and whatnot so those early early gigs always stand out because it was so exciting and unpredictable but with regards to famous bands or, or you know new up and coming bands uh, I remember going to see Pavement which was just rammed in 99 Ed Hamill who's always brilliant and he's one of our patrons now uh, Jarvis Cocker he came for the 25th anniversary gig uh, and uh, and then yeah Fatboy Slim for the 35th anniversary and he was, he was wonderfully humble and of course he played there with the House Martins in 1985 and it came full circle for him so it was just completed the you know it, it, it was wonderful because the PA system cut out momentarily and the full crowd just started to sing um, an a cappella House Martins song which you know, it was, ah, uh, you could have cried, really. There's a million more in between all of them as well, but so many good gigs, that, that's the thing. It's There's always a su surprise on the cards, That that's the thing, So and, and that's the best bit about it. So 2020 was a rough year for the music industry and especially live music venues. How has it affected the Adelphi? Uh, the, the best way to describe the, the pandemic is, you know, we've, we've got a really good team of volunteers, uh, a good team of staff, and, and the board of directors are really positive. And what we've tried to do is, you know, because, because it, it was 35 years, we're not just going to give up on a venue. It was 35 years old when the pandemic kicked in. It's like, we're going to have to think on our feet here and be creative and, and do 
different ideas. So we, for a start, we got a, a grant off, off the local council, which was great. We also got some funding bids in and we were successful with an arts council bid uh, and uh, a recovery fund bid. So they've been really helpful. And, and that's mostly down to, again, the volunteers and the staff and Sally Curry, who wrote the funding bids with the support of, of the team. Uh, we, we got uh, some, some donations from Phil Selway, who's the drummer in Radiohead, because he loves the venue. Uh, we did lots of streaming sort of gigs with uh, a band called Young Knives raised nearly two grand for us. Uh, we did our own partnership streaming festival with um, I'm Not From London, which is a Nottingham-based label, which brought money into the venue. Uh, we sold so much merchandise. You know, I think we've done over £30,000 worth of merchandise sales, which is unbelievable, really. And again, that's down to the supporters of the club and the community and, and the people who are working hard behind the scenes to, you know, do the designing and, and the ordering and stuff like that. So we're, we're all right because people are so infused about the place and uh, you know we, we, going forwards uh, we I mean the last gigs that we had on were in September on October we, when we did our annual Fast and Bulbous Festival which was over five daytimes and outside and it was supposed to be six but one of them got rained off so not only were it was a contending with Covid the elements also but, but that, that raised lots of money and gave us a lot of spirit to continue to try and do live gigs. So, um, yeah, we, we've, we've got coming up something called the Victory Club, which is a series of 21 gigs. And the name comes from that first ever club that opened in 1923 uh, with its alcohol license that I told you about. So we've, we've booked in 21 gigs in 20. 25 days, which, you know, it's like, and it's limited capacity of 36 people, but uh, the tickets have been on sale since last Friday for all 21 gigs, and we've all already sold 35% of the tickets without really trying. <laughs> yeah, we, I, think, I think the real message in it all is everyone's just on the front foot and being positive and we set our own little record label up as well, so artists in the city can keep doing music and put releases out on the Delphi record label. That's fantastic. That's such a good thing to have in the city. I didn't know about that. Can you tell us a little bit more about it? Yeah, we, we, we're up to, we do one release every month uh, as a part of a subscription deal, so people can go up on our Fast and Bulbous website on Bandcamp and subscribe it's, it's 25 quid a year and you get single every month plus loads of exclusive stuff and the artists uh, yeah the artists send postcards out to everybody who's subscribed as well so you also get an original piece of art every month thank you so much for chatting to us today here on local listens if people want to check you out online to find out more about the adelphi or fast and bulbous where can they find you i would just check out um fast and bulbous Bandcamp, which is the record label and then also just go on the adelphi website for all the gig tickets and notifications of when we're open as a beer garden Make sure to check out the Adelphi Club and Fast and Bulbous online. We'll be back in just a minute hearing from you guys and your best gig experiences in Hull. But first up, this is Luma with She's Innocent. 
him deeply for his affection All she can think of is her complexion Never looked in a mirror, it's a reflection Out for herself, victim on this world It's all in her head That was Luma with She's Innocent. Unfortunately, we're nearly at the end of today's episode, but before we go, we're going to hear from you guys because the best way to find out about a city's music scene is to talk to the people that live there. I asked you guys over on our Instagram, which is local.listens, what your favourite gig memory was in Hull. And I'm going to share a couple of the responses with you now. Firstly, we've had a response saying that their favourite gig memory was when they saw Fatboy Slim at the Adelphi Club, which we heard a clip of earlier when we were talking to Paul when the power cut out and the crowd started singing Caravan of Love, which gave me chills, so I can only imagine how powerful it would have been to be there. We've had another response saying that their favourite gig memory was when they saw Hull Rockers Life at Pop Party 2 gig at the infamous Welly Club back in 2017, which certainly was an incredible gig. Unfortunately, that's all we've got time for today, but make sure to check out our Instagram if you haven't already at local.listens. Make sure you tune in again next time because we're going to be looking at the city of Birmingham and the music scene they have there. Thank you for listening and goodbye. Local Listens.